Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio CSL Podcast. But I'm your crazy ass host as usual, man. It has been a very, very long time since I've done one of these. Again, you guys already know I post a lot of TOEFL content from obviously my coaching sessions because it's prolific. It's amazing. It helps so many people. And to be honest with you, I miss doing these. That's why I have my personal development podcast, The Arsenio Buck Perspective, where I dive deep into just in the event, I do not have time. But guys, to be honest with you, man, having a full-fledged online business, it's crazy. I'm actually doing a big collaboration with another amazing dentist who has her own practice out there in America. And so it's all about prioritizing. And so if I'm able to be very diligent and getting things done and putting first things first, I could hurry up and do some of these podcasts. If not, it's going to be just TOEFL, TOEFL, TOEFL. Hell, there are a couple of podcasts last week that I actually ended up uploading, and I wasn't supposed to upload those until the end of this month in September. But because I had fallen behind, because I wasn't really posting any content for my classes and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, whatever. Let me just debut these. So I'm happy to be back. We're going to talk about the four ways that you can help colleagues in managing stress. All right. And so, again, Stress is not something that will ever go away. Stress is all about our reaction. And to be honest with you, sometimes when you are with people and with other colleagues in very stressful situations, I'm pretty sure all of you could relate. You know that one person who brings you so much stress. And that stress could ultimately ruin your day. Over the last probably a couple of years, I've been thinking back on a time where one of the funniest people I ever met, his name was Kenny. I was working with him. It was uh, probably in the first quarter of 2013, literally 10 years ago, uh, at the dental faculty practice out there at the College of Southern Nevada. And I remember the hygienist, his name's Steve, a very ultra conservative. Not that that matters, but this guy was just, oh my God, he was just, just such a demeaning prick, all right? And I remember he came to the window. I didn't know what was going on, but Kenny just sat there. He heard something. Steve walked away. Then Kenny said, how do you come to work? after your weekend, angry. And I laughed my ass off. I was like, man, you have no idea. And ultimately what happens is that could loophole into your day too, right? This is why I manage comments online. Uh, online. I'm very, very happy to have my own uh, amazing, you know, network of people where I do not associate where a lot, you know, with people who bring a lot of negativity in my life. So like, for example, I... Other than a couple of American friends from 96 to about 2004, I met probably a couple of Americans maybe back in 2018, 19 through podcasting, but I don't really have friends from America. And it's just because the negativity and the condescending and the willingness of not opening up and, you know, opening up in conversations and stuff like that. I just, I don't like that type of energy. And so I just stay away from that type of energy. And so nonetheless, you can't stay away from that when you're in a situation at work and you have to deal with someone over and over. So what are some ways that you can deal with this? Well, here we go. First, encouraging your stressed out colleague to talk about it. Hell, to even cry about it. Now, the thing is, it'll provide them temporary relief. I do not expect you to have that inner coach and ask them the right questions to see, okay, where is this exactly come, coming from? Don't be judgmental. Don't be tempted to force your advice on them. 
And what I mean by forcing advice on them, I don't know if you guys know about this, but some people, based on the lens that they lived, they like to say, oh, you know, I've been stressed out. People think I have this and that. And then they end up saying, oh, I know exactly where you're coming from because of this, because of that. And this happened in my life. And I think you should do this. No, this is a totally different perspective. Whereas you are literally, if they're, if they're like their frustration is directed towards other people, even you resist the urge to wanting to defend you or other people, right? Like literally standing there with an open ear and letting them talk and talk and talk. That that simply empathizing way and approach, hey, can help them probably feel guilty or could not feel guilty about the way they feel. Have you ever had someone try to blame you for the most ridiculous things and you just asked a couple of questions and you just stood there with open ears? And then after a while, you know, as they're looking through or as they're trying to figure things out, they realize that they're in the wrong and then they end up apologizing. That's just by you just keeping your cool and having an open ear and not being judgmental and saying, okay, this person is having a bad day. It could be something at home. It could be this. It could be that. Happens all the time. People, I still go to the gym. And this is not that it stresses me out. This is something that like kind of pisses me off or used to piss me off. Older people in this country. Now, if you guys do not know, the big elections just happened and the two big parties that ended up being nominated here in Thailand, they are for the younger generation. The older generation, which is the more racist generation, they ended up selecting the three historically horrible dictatorship army generals as the next prime minister. And again, they only got a few votes, but you can only imagine. So when I go to the gym and I see these young cats anywhere between 20 and 35, None of them give me dirty looks, but sometimes when I get on a treadmill and then an old lady sees me getting on a treadmill next to her, she stops and gets off and goes to another treadmill. Happens to me all the time. About seven years ago, I would kick and mope and scream and talk about how bad this world is and blame all the white folks. (laughs) But now I'd say to myself, I feel and I empathize for a woman who lives a life through a lens that Me, my color, my people, whoever it may be, I don't know, for whatever reason, her getting off the treadmill is a threat, is scared of this or that. And I just say to her, well, well, that has nothing to do with me. I have zero responsibility. So when people are angry and people are negative and people bring those situations to you, especially in the workplace, you need to be able to say, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to let this bounce off me and just let it go. I'm not going to reiterate it. I'm not going to talk about it. Hell, I love avoidance behavior. I can tell you that right here, right now. So that's something to keep in mind. Number two, always ask the neutral and open questions, okay? Because this ultimately elicits the cause of their distress. And the thing is, minor annoyances, will prove to be the much bigger picture and a massive iceberg, okay? But I don't want you to probe. If you guys want to know what probing is, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly uh, Effective People. And this is kind of what parents do to their children, and they always demean them. This is why children in America and parents in America, they never really have open communication because the mother and the father is always the dictator. They're never the friend. They're never the inspirer. They're never the person that asks those questions it's always the mom i don't want to go to school you're going to school or what's wrong with you and they keep probing they keep asking questions saying what's wrong with you what's wrong with you what's wrong with you 
And then you see these teenagers going through a range of emotions saying, I hate my mom. I hate my dad. I hate my life. All these different things. That's called probing. You keep asking them the same bullshit ask questions or perhaps not ask leading questions. Don't minimize the problem, but try to help. I don't know if your family members and your colleague keep things in perspective. One of the greatest words out there in the English dictionary, perspective. Now, here we go. You have to ask yourself the next part. What can you do to take the pressure off? Can you give your colleague more time? Can you give your child, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, whoever it is, a little bit more time? Can you shift some of the task over to someone else? Or can you take up something in the house that's stressing somebody out? See, a quiet word with other people who are a source of pressure or small improvements to the work environment can help overcome that out-of-control feeling. And the last one, counseling techniques, echoing. Echoing, I love echoing, right? Echoing is like, okay, so, and that's literally repeating back the problem. Remember, that's always one of the awesome techniques. Repeating back the problem to the individual. You guys probably heard about this, what, in season three, season four, something like that, right? Or maybe summarizing at the very end, asking hypothetical questions. My wife loves to do this to me. And I remember I was so angry just a few days ago. And I was like, this, this, man, this, this these motherfuckers behind us, I swear, they have like five dogs, right? Anytime a person walks by these sorry ass dogs bark, and I get it, or said, yo, hey, in my country, my country, my country, my country, my country, my country. Even when I go out back, if I have a conversation, a very light one, this these sorry ass dogs that these people never had about two years ago ends up barking and barking until we go away. Sometimes they keep on barking. I remember in October, I couldn't sleep in my office where, you know, it was a makeshift office it was between office and a blend with, you know, twin bed because I was having problems sleeping and all that stuff. And I wasn't able to sleep in that office anymore because the dog would bark at 9, 9.30, 10 and wake me up. And so I'm just like, my goodness. And I'm like, you know what? And she's like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. I said, hell yeah, there is. She's like, well, the thing is, um, they can, add, they're probably going, you know, and she asked me a hypothetical question. She's like, people could complain about your voice. I said, but I'm indoors, but people could still complain. I'm like, but there are two walls, but people could still complain. What about outside? You know, when we used to, you know, teach outside two years ago during the whole big shutdown, people down the road, probably like 10 homes down could hear you laughing and talking and all that stuff. People didn't complain. And I'm like, but the thing is, I'm not a fucking senseless fucking dog just barking into thin air. But it's all about perspective, right? Now, again, don't provide your own answers. My wife doesn't do that. She just tells me, hey, if you look at it from this perspective, what could you possibly say if the situation does arise and you want to tell the village guy, well, basically it's like the neighborhood watch guy, whatever you call him, that, uh, you know, they got to do something about the dogs bark that, you know, back there. But one day I'm going to be overcome with uncontrollable rage. And I can tell you right now, a couple of those barking dogs are going to be no more. They're going to be dragged by two legs. No, no, I'm telling you, whoo, boy, I'm telling you, when I see red, I see red. Okay, but nonetheless, I have to control my life. Self-control has always been a problem with me. My coach, Mira Butler, three years ago said, why do you always feel like you have to control everything, Arsenio? And I said, that's a good, that's a, that's a good point. 
and I forgot what it was. Again, it was music because I was living up country, uh, working for some of the grimiest individuals. You guys already know that story. And every night there was always music. And to be honest with you, there were times that dogs would bark uncontrollably in the middle of the night. And because the walls are so thin and the windows are so shit and all these different things, I can hear practically everything. And I would always say, no, I need to have an ultra silent place. I can't have this. I can't have that. I remember four days out of the year. Now I would have to say about 10 days out of the year towards Christmas and everything. These people were doing renovations, you know, next door to my condo. I believe this was 2021. And I got so angry because they would start at 10 a.m. drilling. I could not concentrate because it was directly next door. And I said, when the fuck are you guys going to be finished? But again, yeah, okay. I could have left and, of course, come here at the time. And we were still friends at the time and whatnot. But it was just so infuriating because why I could not control the situation. You know, and the thing is, it's not about learning to live with the problem. People, you already know. You already know how my life has been. Okay, you guys don't know, but I ended up getting tinnitus probably about five days before Christmas 2020. Don't know where it came from. It was ridiculous. It was redunculous. It was loud. I could hear it literally outside all these different things. And to be honest with you, I just felt like helpless because I'm like, why did this ringing come about? But I did something about it. It was how to manage it. It wasn't about living with it because a lot of people are like, well, I got tonight. It's the first day and it's as loud as it used to be 10 years ago. And I'm just going to live with it. No, I took action. I started taking L-theanine. I started drinking chamomile, green tea, uh, a number of different things to help alleviate it. And I realized it had to be stress coming from obviously one of the most stressful years of my life in 2020, being helpless and with these toxic, all these toxic the situations and people and all that and all, but I just, I just put it all together. Now, three years later, obviously I very rarely hear it because obviously I have fish tanks. There's a lot of noise, ambient noise everywhere and stuff like that. But at night in the very, very quiet areas, hell, I even sleep with my noise canceling headphones on. I could barely even hear it. And the little ones that I do hear, it's okay. Sometimes my eustachian tube opens and closes in my right ear as it has been doing over this past podcast. And I just learned to live with it because I don't even realize it anymore. So it all comes back to self-control. Napoleon Hill's Law of Success, uh, chapter number four. Check that bad boy out. Because if you have control over you, you can have control over any situation and how you react to a situation. In the next podcast, we're going to be talking about different things. As a matter of fact, we're going to be listening to eight managers, counseling staff members who are suffering from stress. And then... We're going to go from there. So, guys, good to hear from you again. I'm glad that I had you here. Have a wonderful day. See you soon. Over and out.